Hello, and welcome to the Euro What from WhatElseIsOn.tv. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ryan Brazell. Hi, Ryan. Hello. Ben Smith. Hi, Ben. Hey, Mike. And our special guest, Dave Steves. Hi, Dave. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dave. Oh, how is everyone doing? It's so good to be back. It is great to have you back. Uh, we held down the fort in our last episode. I was supposed to say last week, but technically we took a we took a week off to recover. And in your case, to actually enjoy Portugal and Spain and various Europe places. Yes, and do a little bit of market research. It turns out, yeah, we 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 are real Eurovision nerds, you guys. Uh. <laughs> uh, that, that was evident. Uh, how how many like four months ago? I, I've managed to frighten some Europeans with uh, the amount of enthusiasm <laughs> that we have. So, <laughs> Ryan, how are you doing? I am doing great. I have been very much enjoying not listening to any Eurovision anything this week. Mm. I always find that the first the first couple of weeks right after the contest, because the couple of weeks leading up to the contest, I'm basically doing nothing but listening to Eurovision. Right. So I need to give myself sort of a mental aural break. And so I've been doing that. And I today was like, oh, I can maybe listen. No, I still still need a break. Yeah. So. <laughs> Although, whereas on my side, I have just been playing the Moldovan entry on loop because I'm obsessed with that performance and have been showing it to everybody I know, basically against their will. So I'm real fun right now. Yay. <laughs> Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm finally recovering. I finally recovered from the Iberian pollen assault that uh, I experienced the last week of our vacation. Spring is here! Yay! So is the pollen. <laughs> that, that, that is, I mean, even over on this side of the Atlantic, it is the one thing I forget is that, oh yay, spring is here! And then there's like the week and a half that I just can't breathe and it's fun. It's great. Yeah, that, that, that week comes earlier in, uh, in Spain. Yeah, so the last time we had an episode it was right before the grand final so uh things have happened since then uh <laughs> everything has happened since then. yeah it was a really exciting final it was yeah like there was a there was like a moment where i was just sitting at my party going like there are like four or five winners potentially and i have no clue which way it's gonna go Particularly with the way that the results shook out. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know at this point that uh, Israel ended up winning. Uh, Netta's Toy uh, was voted Europe's favorite song uh, for 2018 before unpleasantness happened a couple days later. We won't get into that right now uh, because Eurovision is not a political contest. Drink. Thank you. Israel won the televote outright and uh, won the contest overall. Austria won the jury vote. Yeah, that that, that was a mind blowing moment. Where it's just like this has not been uh, this. I've, I've enjoyed the song, but it has not been on my radar in the foggiest. Are they going to win? Like, I'm down with another year in Vienna. Yeah, like it was it was baffling seeing that play out. I mean, well, ba- baffling seems a little harsh because it makes it sound like it was undeserved in in some way. They got their first twelve points. It's like, oh, well, that's nice, and then they kept getting twelve points from countries, and it's like, whoa, what? What did we miss in thinking about this song? What I found really, really interesting with the with the jury voting, and I mean, just to call out that Cyprus was the runner-up and had their best finish ever, is that there was a weird thing that I was watching during the jury where I thought that Israel might not have had it because countries that were giving 12 to Cyprus often had Israel very low or not at all. Mm-hmm. Countries that were giving 12 to, to Israel had Cyprus very low or not at all. It was, it was very kind of back and forth, and like Austria just kept rising through the ranks. Yeah, and the results were surprising like 
even going farther down the leaderboard, like Germany finished in fourth. Okay, Italy uh, finished fifth. Italy was Italy was mind blowing for me. Like I was yelling at my television. Why haven't they announced Italy yet? Did they Did they hear that song? Uh, sorry, fans of Italy, because there were a lot of you. Ryan, you uh, you had a Eurovision party, but what was the reaction in the room there? I think people were mostly confused about Austria because people were. I think confused by his performance, that it was just basically him. They were confused by his outfit that people were like, that's rubber. No, that's leather. So, like, there was there was a lot of distraction about Austria. I, as you all know, like I was pretty much on board with Austria as a song from the beginning. I never thought it would approach winner status, right? Like mm-hmm. I never thought it would win the jury vote. I am glad to see that they didn't go with the special effects that we had seen in rehearsals that were not lining up very well. Yes. I thought the performance just seemed empty. It seemed like it was missing something or a lot of things. So I was very surprised to see that go um, up near the top. I don't think anybody else at my party had that anywhere near the top. So I think we were mostly just confused and they were looking at me to explain it. And I was like, look, I can't explain this to you. Yeah. Similarly. Yeah. Like I liked the song. The performance was never my favorite. And like I was looking at things as as a combination package. So I was just like, this is this is real interesting. I, but yeah, like for for like a solid five minutes until like it got announced like seventh in the running in the televote, I was like, okay, uh, I could do Vienna again. I could potentially even go to Vienna, and then was immediately quashed. Right now, Dave and I we were at the uh, Friday night jury performance uh, for the grand final. Dave, what were your thoughts on like how Austria performed there? I thought he was very well received, um, but he didn't. It wasn't. There wasn't the same electricity as, say, Israel or Cyprus, or even like Australia had a. Maybe we were just surrounded by Aussies. Everybody was singing along with her. I mean, huge Spanish contingent, obviously, with them just being next door. Like those were the those were the really popular ones. And yeah, I don't think Austria was anywhere near that tier amongst the the people that were in the room. That was kind of my thought as well, and I. I didn't think it was as good of a live performance as what he did in the semifinal. Now, th- the way the jury vote works is the jury is in like a separate location and they're watching a sort of closed circuit feed that would be similar to what televoters would be watching on, on television. I-, I was just kind of baffled as to like, wow, like s- some something is being seen or heard here that like... I don't think anybody had picked up on, which is kind of cool. It, it sort of makes me wonder if like the jury now feels a little bit freer to just look at sort of the technical merit of the song and like leaving the audience televote to deal with like the theatrics and the pyrotechnics and that sort of thing. Maybe, I, but yeah, like it was just a very interesting result. And then another one that, that really surprised me on the televote end uh, Sweden, like Sweden was fairly high in the ranking coming out of the jury vote and then just were like one of the first nations in the, the televote, which largely pleased the guests at my party, which I found kind of shocking as someone who'd been a fan of that song. But on the other hand, I've lived with that one for months. They were not into the performances like I was. Hmm. But yeah, it was really, really interesting to see that one just like shot down almost immediately. The same was true at my party that people were like, what is this? This guy can't dance. He needs like four other people up there. People, by and large, at my party were not in off at all. Oh, wow. I was re- looking over my rankings again. Uh, I made some rankings after the jury final. 
and I realized that I had completely forgotten to include Sweden in that. <laughs> so obviously he didn't make that much of an impression on me either. And yeah, like I mean, I kind of like that he's a dorky dancer. Like I, I think it fits the song that he's just a regular guy who's just gonna dance like nobody's watching. But it was kind of irritating to see him do that same head nod again. I also thought that he made really poor costuming choices. I had commented earlier that in the in Melody Festivalen, I didn't like all the straps coming off. And I think they went in the wrong direction and his pants were too tight and too short and his feet looked like boats. Like there were just too many things going wrong. I was like, ah, Sweden, I'm so disappointed. To be fair... I don't think he knows how to wear pants. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of my observation because he uh, he competed in Melfest last year. Last year and also had pants issues then. Yeah. But you know, pants are hard. Yeah. And it's it's like it's sort of bordering on mom jeans. I, I Yes. Yeah. And not in a good 80s way. No. In a bad, I can't wear pants kind of yeah. way. Yeah. Although, he, like, I, I thought that he did sort of resolved the strap issue it looked like he was down to one strap but it did kind of make it look like he had a tail there there were numerous issues some of the like the pre-show predictions that i found very very interesting to see how they did in the end uh so both i feel like both spain and even france had sort of people and the bookies before the show going oh you you guys aren't really counting them in they're gonna they're gonna do really really well and then like in the actual show i thought both performances were just kind of meh And the voters seem to agree because they kind of were just middle of the pack or lower end of the pack. I think Spain was really hurt by positioning. Oh, yeah, they totally got, yeah, by being in position two, they totally had no momentum. Despite how popular they were with the crowd. I mean, I know there were at least two train rides, Dave, where there was a very large Spanish contingent singing two cancion rather off key, but... (laughs) <laughs> that's not their fault so. <laughs> question was there a contingent that was very into the song or was there a contingent that was very into the two performers kissing they were very into the song i have no idea how well those two sang live at the actual concert because like half of the room was singing along with the song okay i feel like a lot of the pre-show press was just about essentially shipping the two of them yeah i i was not on board and i said like these people don't have charisma together. They don't have that char- uh, that charisma. And a lot of people were like, "Yeah, they just they don't work well together." And I explained to people in the room how they were picked and that they are actually boyfriend and girlfriend. And they just were like, "What is happening?" I, don't even know. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting though that Spain came very close to, but did not lose the televote. They tied with Portugal for the next to last number of points in a televote. Australia actually lost the televote. They only got nine points from the viewers at home, which I am shocked by. I wasn't a fan of that entry, but I'm shocked by that. I was a fan of the entry, but I was underwhelmed by the performance, so I wasn't entirely surprised it was on the lower end, but I did not expect it to come in last. Yeah, I was I was really surprised by it too, although she's another one who has a limited dance repertoire. So yeah, I can see how if... I can imagine how somebody watching and listening to the performance wouldn't be thrilled by it, even though I think just listening to them would be, I, I thought it was it was very good. I think Australia did her wrong, but she's another mm-hmm. person who I, I was concerned that she was going to constantly step on her dress. Like that was yes. what I was watching for the entire time. That was a big concern in, in the room for me as well. For me, I really did not care for the uh, televised grand final performance like too many runs too many like putting it all out there and having fun on stage like i'm just thinking of like all the excuses that contestants use on american idol for when like they get a bad paula critique and uh (laughs) yeah it's just like uh just 
like I, I can kind of understand why the audience was not behind that performance if that was their first exposure to the song. That's happened two years in a row now for Australia, mm-hmm. where Isaiah last year was also really oversinging that song. And I, maybe maybe it's because uh, Dami M two years ago sang the hell out of it and uh, just she gave an amazing performance and was digging deep. And uh, these last two have not been able to match that. They didn't come in last, though. That that honor, that distinction belongs to host country, Portugal. Um, I, it's note, I think it's interesting to note they did not have zero points, though. They did earn almost 40 points, 39 points total, 18 from the televote and 21 from the juries. So I felt like this year there were not as many songs that were super great, but there weren't as many songs that were super bad either. I, this, this felt more like a more sort of compact overall grand final yeah, and with Portugal's entry, I I liked the way they staged it. I thought it was a nice kind of chill out moment after sort of the first wave of performers. But it also felt it also felt sort of on the forgettable scale in terms of some of the big theatrics that came later in the show. So it didn't entirely surprise me they ended up as far down as they did. Although I don't know, I think there were I think there were worse performances. Thirty nine points for last place. That's that's still not, not bad. bad. No, yeah. that's not bad. like that. That was better than some of the like uh, I think. 23rd place had uh only 40 points last year so yeah like that that is a very impressive last place score (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and then like the other i think the big thing was like there was a guy on the stage during the uk's entry that was not supposed to be on the stage can i point out i actually did not know that that happened so if you're if if, if you remember in the stage order UK came right after the first break. And so I had told people, now's a great time to go to the restroom. You got a couple minutes. They're going to be doing terrible interviews in the green room. Come back in a couple minutes. The UK will be on. It's an okay, but not super great entry. So people were gone. People were milling about. The UK came on. I was keeping like one eye on it, but then also talking to some folks. And then after the performance finished, clearly I didn't watch the last half of it at all. was paying zero attention to the last half. I look up and they're back in the green room. And I was like, wait a second. We just went to the green room. Why are we back in the green room? And why is Ukraine being weird? Whatever. I don't know what's happening. It wasn't until the next day that I saw somewhere <laughs> that was like, there was a stage drum and I was like, what? Oh, yeah. No, we caught. Yeah. My party caught that immediately. We're just like, oh, my gosh. And I was talking in the room. about Oh, the last time this happened, it was like Spain. And it was a number of years ago. And they performed again at the end. So the. Uh, but the UK had the opportunity and chose not to, and I think that was a misstep on their part. Oh, I disagree. I'm on record for really not liking that song, mm-hmm. but Suri is probably my favorite personality to come out of this oh, year's yeah. competition. Like, oh, she's yeah. she just ha- been... She handled it like a champ. Yeah, in the moment, like, she handled it incredibly well and, like, gave a great finish to the song, um, despite, like, what happened. Like, she she got a couple bruises from the guy, like, grabbing the microphone from her. Also, the song is about weathering the storm. I mean, how could you possibly yeah. have more of a, a more perfect <laughs> ending to that? Come on. Yeah, and it really seemed like she she got a lot of energy from that. She was she was mm-hmm. really selling. The yeah, like she, I thought that the performance was great, but like the pure like Machiavellian strategist in me is like, if you you are tenth in the lineup, there are twenty six entries. You have a chance to be number twenty seven. Take that. But- I think she went in with the calculation that she wasn't going to win and trying to do another performance of that is just going to like I I. Think that may have backfired tremendously and just had the UK finish much lower uh, than where they did end up. Like I think they did quite well, like given the circumstances. And 
uh, what I was going to say was just like, she's just been like such a loving presence at the competition. Like uh, she was present at the first semifinal because the UK was participating uh, in the voting for that part of the competition. And after the results were revealed, like she immediately went over to Iceland to cons- uh, to console uh, Ari after uh, not advancing. And then like af- after that, she went right over to Belgium to console Senek. And she just seems like such an awesome person and like still a great personality like she was she was still cracking jokes on twitter like after the incident at the grand final and she's like okay she's pretty cool and there's like a petition now to get her to represent the uk next year and i would be in favor of that like i think that might be a cool strategy for the uk to be like okay let's get our artist now and then try to find the right song that just seems brilliant to me like lock that down she has a sense of humor. She's clearly into this. Take advantage of that. I wanted to ask about the other sort of weird entry that did a thing, Slovenia, that we saw in the semifinal. In the middle of their song, they had a fake blackout, right? Where, like, turn the lights on. We can't hear the music. Oh, actually, this was planned all along. We talked about that a little bit in the last episode. I want to hear your thoughts on this, Dave and Mike, because you were there to experience that. I want to hear about not only what your experience of that in person was, but I also want to know what do you think of the changes they made? Uh, how did it play in the room? Not well. Certainly not for me. Uh, I The lights just came on and the music stopped just out of nowhere. And so it seemed like either there was a technical glitch or we were going to have to evacuate or... I. It, it, we just didn't know what was going on in the moment. And uh, so, yeah, that was kind of jarring. And uh, I was not a fan of that. Particularly since we were also in uh, Kiev last year. And like there was just the very real thought like throughout that entire trip. It's like, you know, at any moment, like Russia could like make a move. And yeah, like I, I have the U.S. embassy on my Google map just in case something happens. And yeah, I mean, like Eurovision is a very secure event and like meaning that it is a very safe event but also you have to go through a lot of security just to get into the door and so like having that kind of moment it was just like uh what's going on and granted like i i could have done my research and read like all of the articles about what happened at rehearsals but i am an audience member and i would like to be a little surprised you gotta leave some element of surprise for yourself yeah so like that did not play well and it was interesting at the jury final because we knew that the moment was coming but not everybody in the room knew that the moment was coming because not everybody watches the semifinals uh before the final and yeah there were people in the room who had the same reaction that we had on Thursday, where it was just like, what's going on? What, 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 what just happened? What just happened? And I was just like, this is not fun. And I don't see why you think this is helping the performance. <laughs> and then in the grand final, they made the switch where instead of it being a sudden blackout and uh, Leia Cirque pretending to be like, wait, what's going on? I need music. I need music. She calls for the music to stop she's like hold up i want everybody to sing and i think that played better dave what was your take on that i thought i thought it was a much better call um and i thought i think it worked out better although i did get a screen cap of believe they were uh, some gentlemen from ireland who were still having the same sort of (laughs) what expression on their face which is like (laughs) all right that is kind of funny but yeah i think i think had that been the way it had been presented all along it would have played a little bit better although 
Thankfully, Slovenia was before UK in the lineup because I have a feeling that moment would have played way differently uh, after the stage jumper incident. <laughs> yeah, that is a very good point. And actually, the, your your comment about Eurovision being a very secure event in terms of having to go, you know, through security to get in made me wonder how the stage jumper got in. Um, but yeah, so I, I that's interesting to hear that they. I wonder if they made that change on the basis of feedback that they got. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that was the case because, yeah, it, it just, it really fell flat. And it was also really confusing because her, I, it seems like her goal each time was just to get the audience to sing along with the song. And with the way it happened the first two times, like the audience is too busy being like, uh, do we need to like find the emergency exit rather than being like yeah call a day call a day and yeah so it was an interesting idea but just really got lost in execution a lot of stuff happened in the grand final and but yeah with the results do we agree with them should there have been countries that placed higher were countries ranked a little too high how, how, how do people feel about how the rankings kind of shook out overall the two that i feel should have placed higher Although one, I think I stated sort of at the top of the uh, top of the program, uh, I would have loved to see Moldova place in the top five. I thought that they had, I thought in turn they took a song that was kind of uh, a B for me and like brought it up to an A just with that performance. It was really really inventive. Took full advantage of not having any LED screens and thinking about how to do something in a very creative way. Another one that I thought should have placed higher, Ireland. I thought Ireland could have been in like the top ten. I thought that they did again. They they made excellent use of the space. Uh, I thought it was like a really, really sweet performance. They really milked the the emotion of that song. I thought I thought Netherlands could have been lower. And then I also let's see. I think I'd mentioned this already, but France just kind of I was I was kind of interested at how high it plays given how kind of meh the the final performance seemed. I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? I was really disappointed in Finland's finish. I think that Sarah Alto sang the hell out of Monsters. I thought it was a really great performance overall. So I was shocked to see that land next to last place. Um, I also thought Ukraine really did not benefit from its placement and having to go first. I think it was a really good show opener. But I think that um, performance deserved better than 17. Uh, three of the ones that I would knock down. I think there are a few that I might knock down. Um Germany and Italy, we already sort of expressed concern slash frustration, whatever. Oh, yeah, totally. About. Like, of those two, Italy, definitely. Like, if I had to pick one to knock down. And another one that I thought that I would knock down is Lithuania. I haven't gotten that song. I don't get that song. I don't think it should have qualified. I don't... There's nothing about it that I really enjoyed. Um, so, yeah, that... I think that should have been in the bottom half, at least. Um, it, you know, place 12th out of... 12. What about you, Dave? Uh, I would have liked to have seen Hungary finish higher. They, I, It did not seem like the sort of audience that would usually go for that kind of song, and yet we were all really into that performance. And especially after Salvador returning to his uh, comments about music not being fireworks and uh, getting into it with Netta and... Uh, and all that it was so it was my favorite moment of any show was being in the arena when aws set up set off literal fireworks it just it, it gave me so much joy who would i have liked to see lower i think everybody's covered all of the ones that i would have liked to germany certainly would be top of that list i would th i would think one comment i wanted to make about hungary i love that song i agree and actually it won the vote among the people at my party i 
think part in part because of my enthusiasm for the song. <laughs> so I was sort of influencing my friends and colleagues in that way. But I agree. I think Cypress should have placed higher. I really <laughs> loved yeah. that song. And yeah, yep. I mean, yep. it's just, it would have been really exciting for like Cypress to have won. The audience was so in love with that song. And the week after the contest we were in spain and uh i was keeping an ear out for like any eurovision in the wild and the only instances that we had of that was um uh we were in a bakery and they had a radio on and they were playing a mashup of uh toy with blurs song number two it was a bold experiment i don't think it worked (laughs) at all yeah yeah my, my brain knows what blurs song two sounds like my brain also knows what Netta's toy sounds like, and yet I cannot. My brain refuses to put those together. Yeah, there there was no woohoo uh, uh, with with that track. Um, and then uh, we were at a bar on a Friday night, and they had uh, like Spotify like uh, top pop playlist uh, going on, and that included Czech Republic, which I th- I think Czech Republic could have even placed a little bit higher. Uh, I I would not have minded if Czech Republic took Germany's place. Oh yeah, no, like my party loved Czech Republic. Yeah, my mom loved Czech Republic. <laughs> Mike, 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 and Dave, I want to ask you a question about that because when we saw him do the, it was not a back flip; it was a front flip. But when we when he saw him do the the flip, it looked like he it it looked painful when he landed. Did he do that same thing in the jury final that you went to? He did not. I don't think he did. No, he just did the he just did a, a leap off of the box. Okay, because when he landed, we were all like, "Oh, that looked like it hurt." <laughs> I saw an article somewhere where uh, he said that if. Czech Republic made it to the grand final. He was going to do the flip. And I have a feeling he was saving that for the TV performance because it's just like, all right, I'm probably only going to have one shot at it. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad he did not waste it during the jury, fi- yes. <laughs> jury final because uh, especially like if something did go wrong, I did not want to be in the room to see that happen. Uh, <laughs> in terms of who should have placed lower. Yeah, I got to go with Germany. I really hated that performance. <laughs> So, like, there was just so much that I just found so treacly and unpleasant about that performance. But, yeah, whatever. It happened. So, congratulations, Germany. You did not finish in last place with zero points again. Okay, so one thing that we discussed here that uh, I know that we we talk a lot about the bubble on this program because we are Eurovision nerds. But, so talking about some of the stuff that we thought should place lower, that we didn't understand how it made the final, what's always interesting is that as soon as the final is done, they released the full scores for the the semifinals so that you can see what was close to fin- what was close to getting in and what was not and it was very very interesting looking at this year's results i don't think we have like the full like jury well we, we probably have the full jury votes where you can start to get out that exponential curve i have not plotted that yet because i have a job but for the act- for just the actual who here's who came in first second through 10th whatever uh, so for semifinal 1 was pretty solidly defined so qualifying in 8th was albania uh, ninth was Lithuania, which we were, which you were sort of mentioning, Ryan, that you weren't sure how it, how it got through. As it turns out, uh, it squeaked through. But also, what was surprising is that Finland, which we thought maybe should have placed a little bit higher in the finals, that one just got through. That one was the last one to qualify out of semifinal one. So it was a great performance, but maybe the maybe the audience just wasn't feeling it as much. Uh, looking further down the ranks, though, uh, this was again, this was pretty well defined that those were going to be the ten because the next closest entry Azerbaijan which was one of our surprises I think was 14 points away from from being able to qualify uh Belgium followed that in 12th and that was 17 points away from Finland uh and Switzerland was 13th with 22 points away from being able to qualify 
there's lots of stuff in the middle there, but then, like, the, the bottom two, uh, my beloved former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia in 18th place with 24 points total. Iceland, I called being in last 19th place with 15 points total. We all called We that all called that one. Like, <laughs> like, we called that Everybody one when Iceland, came, when Iceland's entry came out. We're like, oh. Everyone in the world yeah. called that last place. That Sorry, Iceland. I usually think so much better of you. Um, but anyway, so semifinal two was the closer one, which I think we also had kind of discussed pre-show, just because there were so many good entries in that one. But so looking at the bottom of what did qualify there, so eighth place was Slovenia. So Valene, uh made it through. Uh, ninth place, Serbia, which was our surprise there. Hungary was in 10th place there. So maybe... So that one maybe didn't resonate with the audience as much, or at least the half of the audience for the final that voted for it. Uh, it had 111 points. Looking in 11th place, Romania, which was one that we were surprised about. Romania was four points away from qualifying for the for the final. Uh, Latvia, uh, similarly, was only five points away. There was one point separating 11th and 12th place. And Malta was 10 points away. But still, like if, in the, you know a different jury scoring or a different televoting... That could have made it through. On the flip side, San Marino wasn't in last. Uh, good for them. Uh, Georgia was. Georgia had, I think, 18 points. And San Marino had 24. Something like that. San Marino, not in last. I guess they were right. Sometimes size doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Russia, though, the one that we were like, okay, but Russia had to come in 11th, right? No. Russia was in the 15th. They were in no position to get into the qualifying. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that about Romania because I really don't really understand qualified so to see them to see them get close i think is is good yeah like that that's that's heartening that that performance like ended up working for me by the end yeah and i wonder if in the alternate universe when they're towards the end of the show they make they make the i think they could have helped themselves by not having creepy choreography for the first third of their song look they got a very good discount on those mannequins so good for them i'm actually not all that surprised that finland barely qualified yeah that one was the performance that like i've talked on the podcast before about uh performances that play well in the room performances that play well on tv and you have to really toe that line finland's performance was not for the room at all yeah and like it was it was aggressively not for the room like the first minute of the song she was behind that platform and she was going upside down on the big wheel yeah Yeah. and like so it's like oh okay the most interesting part of the performance nobody can see and like we did not actually get to experience finland's performance until we were watching back uh at our apartment since the audience can't see it like they're not reacting to anything and they're just holding their phones up in the air with the lights on because the, the the production manager said please do that yeah a third of the song is just lost like there's no energy behind it and and it was also just weird placement like i think that song would have worked better if it were like first in the lineup because it is kind of like a big entrance song so like i'm sure when sarah alto goes on tour like that will probably be her show opener because it does have that kind of vibe about it but just being in the middle of the lineup with like no energy from the audience because the audience can't see anything it, it's just yeah it's just in the dead zone and like one thing that disappointed me about that the their final performance was they had done some interesting stuff in their national final with that one where it felt like they kind of smashed together the the performance they had for that with another one of the entries where they had the the 360 spin Mm-hmm. But what they originally did with Monsters was they, was they did basically like an outfit reveal or like a, a quick change. And I thought that would have worked way better because I was, yeah, because I was sitting there watching before being like, wait a minute, the people in the audience can't see her for like the first verse of this song. Uh, on one hand, this is this is meant to be a televised concert. But on the other hand, there's a bunch of people in that arena. 
play that up. I really am just so bugged by that performance. Well, and didn't uh, last year, didn't Sweden start their performance offstage also? But but they also led off the show, so it kind of made sense. And they were walking onto the stage, and so there was maybe, what, 10 seconds, 15 seconds where you they, yeah, they couldn't see anything? Yeah. And, and I think there was a little bit more anticipation that one, but partly because it's so rare that the final performance uh, from Sweden is any different than what you see in Melfest. So like, if you knew the song already and had already seen the video, you knew what was coming up. Whereas with Finland's performance this year, like there was no... Like if it was if you had seen the video before, like it would not give you any clues as to what was happening on stage. Exactly. So other news that we got this week was the Barbara Dex Award. This is the worst dressed at Eurovision Award. This is not an award that you want to earn. There were, I think, what, five songs that were sort of in the running with Israel being one of them, which actually made me chuckle. I can maybe understand why. The country that won the Barbara Dex Worst Dressed Award this year was the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. This is the country that I referred to in previous episodes as Pink Under Boob, where, you know, the lead singer came on stage and she was wearing a very ill-fitting jacket that was partially open in the back and then took it off at some point to reveal like a gray jumper with the under part of her breasts in like neon pink. It looked like she was somewhat naked maybe from afar. So that was judged by fans. And this is run by a a Belgian site. Macedonia won a thing though. They did. The (laughs) other people who were sort of in that running were interesting. I was shocked, shocked that Australia came in second place. They almost won slash lost that award. They were judged, uh, Australia was judged a worse outfit than either Belgium with the pipe cleaner dress, I think we referred to it as, and worse than Montenegro, which was the bedazzled terry cloth robe that we talked about. Yeah, which, about. Was, which so, was what if a suit, but also a bathroom. From the David Byrne collection. So. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So I... Not surprised by Pink Underboob winning the prize. Very surprised by Australia coming in second. Uh, that definitely should have been ranked lower. And then um, Israel came in fifth. Mike, Dave, what were your thoughts about sort of did those were those as terrible in person as they appeared on TV? Oh yeah, uh, definitely with uh, FYR Macedonia. Yeah, I think I I don't know if I glanced away from the stage or if uh, I remember her taking the the top off and then climbing up some stairs and turning around. And I looked at her and I thought, is she topless? <laughs> I mean, all I could see was the all I could see was the pink neon stripe at the bottom. It was it was horrible. <laughs> I'm just picturing like an in-camera graphic situation. No. <laughs> the magic of I television. Just like She's the Irish guy topless. during the uh, during this breakdown. Yeah, and I I think it should also be pointed out that uh, what the guy in uh, FYR Macedonia's group was wearing. That wasn't great either. Like it, I don't like, remember what he was wearing. Can you describe it? It was like this black and white shirt. It's kind of, you know, those family circus comic strips where it's sometimes showing like the path that Billy takes to go from like the treehouse to the kitchen or whatever. And yes. it's just like, it looked like one of those. And yeah, it was just, oh, it, it, it was a choice. It was not a choice I would make, but it was a choice. <laughs> so truly a team effort on the part of the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. Yeah, like I, I was, I was curious to see if like the nomination was for the country as a whole, or if it was for each individual outfit. Or congratulations. So <laughs> I mean, like the, so I can actually understand both Australia and Israel's placement because I thought that the wardrobe was, was some of the the worst parts of those performances. I 
I got the idea behind Australia's dress, but I wanted it to be better. And like, I was very concerned that she was going to trip on on like the train of her dress at any moment. She seemed very scrunched up throughout her performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it's just like I, I'm not I'm not overly familiar with her music, so I'm not sure if this is kind of like slightly outside of her genre of like dance pop ish type stuff. So I'm not sure if she's just like moving around in a way that she's not normally comfortable moving or what but it, it, she just seemed very tight and i think that that kind of added to a little bit of frumpiness to the dress and i think if she was maybe a little bit more comfortable with what she was doing the outfit would have worked a little bit better well and then with uh israel like i like that song i'm happy it won but i was really really underwhelmed with the performance it felt very busy it felt like they had they were trying to copy too much of the stuff from the video at once yeah i i just didn't get it and I'm happy it won, but again, like, we discussed Cypress earlier, like, I kind of secretly wanted Cypress to win, too, just because I felt that was the better overall performance song included. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I am really not happy that Israel won. I have no musical objections to that song, as you all know. I've talked about my love for that song as a as a piece of music, but Eurovision is not a political contest. Drink, drink. And yet, I, I've actually been having a conversation with several friends. I'm like, I don't know if I can have fun with this next year. Like, I'm going to have to really think about whether... I'm going to need to take a year off of Eurovision next year. So that's, you know, not a decision I need to make now, but I, yeah, with, if it's seriously going to be in Jerusalem, I'm going to, I'm going to have to really think about that. Uh, Just, just, uh, you are not the only one having taken a quick look at the Wikipedia page before this episode. Uh, Although admittedly, most of the, the controversy section of the 2019 Wikipedia page currently just seems to be, there's a Facebook group that's making a petition. Iceland is actually, Iceland had enough signatures from like a group of people that they're considering taking the year off. Mm-hmm. Uh, amongst yeah. other nations, although it again, the notes that I saw for most of the places I checked that are considering it, it seems like they're going to go ahead. But there's like a whole fun minefield of things. Yeah, my my sense of what's going to happen is there's definitely like lawmakers. You know, it's it's national governments are typically not the ones who make the decision to compete or not compete, right? It's the broadcaster. So there's a lot of governments who are stepping up and saying, or people in government positions saying. We should really think about boycotting next year. I think what will end up happening is there will be a lot of people who say we should boycott and then nothing will actually, no one will boycott. Um, I think that's it because it. I, I do get it. Like Eurovision is not a political contest. So I'm just, you know, for my personal, like I've definitely been having that conversation with friends this week. That They're like, so who won? And I take a di- big deep breath and sigh and they're like, uh-oh, like, uh-huh. So I've asked several questions already about sort of your experience and how things are playing in the room. One of the questions I have, you know, Ben talked about the Moldovan entry and that was the one for those folks who maybe don't remember. It's the one with the white Ikea cabinets that they had people coming into and out of and they could open them separately and you could see little vignettes inside the cabinets. I really love the technical production aspects of a show like Eurovision. That's one of the things that really draws me to it. We did not get to see any of the stage switchovers, right? Because we were watching, as the audience at home, we were watching the postcards Mm -hmm. for each nation during that time. What were some of the toughest or most interesting setups that you saw of switching the stage over from one country to another? And in particular... Talk about Estonia a little bit. Estonia, as you know, the dress, which actually it, it wasn't a dress. It uh, The LED part was just the skirt. And yeah, so it uh, like during the setup and it's it's only 45 seconds that the stagehands have to like get everything set up, including like clearing off stuff from the uh, from the previous act, if there's anything, and then uh, getting everything set up for the next one. And yeah, the, the skirt, it turns out, is like kind of a 
parachute. It, it just has like different colored panels on it that I guess are the LED light up sections. And yeah, uh, Alina, she like got up onto this uh, platform, the same platform that Belarus was standing on. And she gets into position uh, and then like they like lift up the skirt and i th- i think i think they may have also raised the platform a little bit and yeah like cinches at her waist and then yeah she does the thing and then after the performance the lights go out the skirt gets un- uncinched and then she hops out uh she did a little victory pose just like yes nailed the dismount and then like ran off stage it was, it was really funny <laughs> um and then yeah they like roll up roll up the parachute and like get that off stage, get the next one set up. And yeah, it was really cool to watch. And it, it, it took six stage hands to do the unfurling okay. of, of the skirt. Somebody at my party called that dress a Barbie cake, and they are not mm-hmm. wrong from the sounds of it. Yeah, it wasn't as elaborate as the like the concept of the dress made it sound, but it was still, I thought it was pretty cool to set uh, to see get set up. And you could see, and you could also see the effects in the mm-hmm. audience. Um, so it wasn't for uh, the homo, as opposed to say, I'm thinking of last year Cypress that was going out on the floor. We had no right where we're just no way yeah, where it was completely flat because that surface was not visible from somebody standing in the audience. What other subs were tough? I'd say Ukraine mm-hmm. uh, was one of the other more complicated ones with the uh, the, pia- the piano coffin. Uh, and the the stairway of fire, and there was just a lot yeah, going like the, on in the, that, like in that the one. The piano, there's also a coffin that later in the performance bursts into flames. As you do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> to me, it looked like Finland's took the longest time to set up. Yeah, because it, it was kind of, I think it was like three or four separate components that all had to get kind of attached but it wasn't it wasn't like sweden's setup where that also had four separate components but it was just like four boxes that just kind of get set up in a line and then like the light grids just get kind of snapped into place it was kind of almost lego like in its setup finland i was actually kind of like watching the clock and be like are they gonna get this done in time and yeah it was also really interesting during the grand final because that major stretch at the end starting I think it was song 17 and like kind of going all the way through the end. It was just set up after set up after set up. I don't know who on the production crew made the uh, running order manager mad, but yeah, <laughs> like that was amazingly complicated. I think, was it Finland going into Hungary? Was that? No, it was Finland going into Bulgaria, which I don't know. Like Finland had a lot of set, but like Bulgaria had like those three risers. Yeah, Wh- whichever setup like transition to Hungary, like that one was particularly complicated. Like I think there were twenty stagehands. So Sweden on stage, Sweden into Hungary. Then okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, they had like half of them were clearing off Sweden stuff, and the other half was bringing on all of the instruments for Hungary's performance. So, uh, yeah, that that one was a little bit of a scramble, but really fascinating to watch. Cool. Whereas some of the things that seemed like they might have been complicated were actually pretty simple, like the the Moldovan set, it just it just got wheeled at, wheeled out in one mm-hmm. piece. And Austria's, for example, I never even saw the uh, the elevated platform get wheeled out or or away. It just it, it it collapsed pretty flat from what I could tell. Oh, was that a platform on the stage? I thought it was the stage itself. Oh, no, that, that looked, was that looked like there, that looked like a thing that they brought because like no other entry had those lights around their platform. Yeah, in fact, after the first semi, I was like, nobody else used that elevated stage. Well, I can't believe they had it for just one performer. And then uh, I think Mike pointed out to me that they actually did have to bring the thing out. 
Okay, so the other question that I had is that you guys were not at, like, the the finals finals. You were at the jury final. Mm-hmm. How do they do the results at the jury final? Are there results <laughs> at the jury final? I mean, do they just do a practice run of, this is how the results could go. Let's check on our, uh, let's check all of our phone connections. What happens is, first of all, the rest of the show is pretty much exactly on TV the following night. But then afterwards, all of the performers just get up and leave the green room and a bunch of randos sit in their place, uh, like one for each country. And I think it's just so that the camera operator can practice and uh, the results get read off by the actual the actual uh, broadcasters from the, the different countries in the same order that you see them on TV, um, but with just either random results or it's possible they make sure that every country gets 12 points from at least one country so that they can test out every shot. But yeah, there are like exactly 26 people in the green room, one for each country. And it's just people who look like they were, I don't know, working backstage or just hanging just, out. Just, just your standard seat filler. Yeah, I mean, some some of them were kids. Uh, yeah, they I don't know. There may have been a raffle or at some point. Just be like, win a chance to like sit in, like sit on a couch. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it was just really cool. And like they would even do like kind of practice green room segments, and you could sort of tell that the hostesses were not the strongest improv performers but uh there was one funny moment where they were interviewing the guy who was uh representing finland and she's like you know you're from finland right and he's like um i know nothing about finland and it's like okay (laughs) (laughs) moving on yeah it was just really kind of cool to see how that all played out and it was really interesting because some of the results uh that were coming through were like very consistent with what you would expect like we're just like oh like of course greece gives cyprus 12 points and that sort of thing so yeah it was really interesting to play out we we ended up leaving uh about halfway through the results section so i'm just because it was getting pretty late because it is a very long show 26 performances and um and 43 nations giving their votes yeah, yeah. I, I I think we slipped out around the time that Norway was giving their votes. So so we'll, um, so we'll never know who won the jury final. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm sure there was some blogger out there. It's like this is it, and this is going to like these are the tea leaves that we will read to figure out what is going to happen tomorrow. And yeah, I I, I did not seek out those articles. But yeah, yeah, it, it, it was a really cool experience, and also you get to see the the interval acts, and yeah, really kind of get up close because a lot of a lot of people left after the performances because yeah, it's Friday night in Lisbon, it's time to party. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so any other questions about the Eurovision experience? Which of the four hostesses was your favorite, and why? Um, I have to say i don't have one because we could barely hear them in the audience <laughs> the sound was great for the performers but not for not for the the hosts and i think that's part of the reason why some of their like audience reaction stuff like had no reaction and just fell flat on the broadcast just because like the audience could not hear anything that they were saying and they also don't need four hosts <laughs> i feel like the main thing we learned this year is that you do not need four eurovision hosts that's too that's too many at least by one, if not by two. Yeah, like th- three is really pushing it, but like ha- having, I-, I I thought the green room worked. Yeah, the green room worked. The green room, well, the green room was great. Yeah, there's just way too many people for like not enough stuff to do. 
Eurovision season is on hiatus, at least until the 2019 planning really starts to ramp up. But we're still going to broadcast because we've got lots of stuff to talk about. There's 63 years of Eurovision stuff and we're just getting started. So we're going to be doing periodic 2019 check-ins. But we're also going to be mixing in uh, some fun topics as well. Uh, If you have suggestions for things you'd like us to talk about or like look into, feel free to send them our way. As we established earlier, we were total nerds about this at this point. So the only exception is the Junior Eurovision contest because, eh. Several people at my party, I had mentioned Junior Eurovision because they were asking who was this person that they were bringing out on stage. And I told them about it. And they were like, oh, you don't follow that too? And I just frowned and looked at them disapprovingly. And similarly, uh, the the five minutes of junior Eurovision coverage I get during the main Eurovision final broadcast is all of the coverage I need. Yeah, yeah. It, it, for me, it's like the Kids Week or Teen Tournament on Jeopardy, where it's just like, this is not canon. None of these people are going to be at the Tournament of Champions. I care not for any of this. So. <laughs> Since it is kind of a quiet season, we're going to be switching over to an every other week episode format, uh, at least until probably January of 2019, uh, when things actually start picking up. Our next episode should drop uh, on Wednesday, June 6th. Until then, that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thank you, Dave, for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. And yeah, uh, you can relive our 2018 Eurovision Song Contest coverage on our website, eurowhat.com. You can also follow us on social media at eurowhat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can contact us there or by email at esc at whatelseison.tv. The Euro What is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or through your preferred podcast app. When you subscribe, we would really appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review us. It'll help folks find us and, yeah, uh, make us feel better about ourselves. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. 